Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to The Hoopball Nets Podcast. What's up, y'all? So, um, we're back. Back yet again. And, uh, yeah, the Nets have concluded their draft. We're about, we're like five days away from free agency. Things are about to start heating up. Before we get into all of that, uh, let me just get through the intro. Make sure you leave a review, five stars, on our iTunes page. You can find us at Hoopball Nets. You can look up Brooklyn Nets, Hoopball Nets, either one. We come up. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Hoopball Nets. Tweet us questions, tweet us anything, comments, thoughts, concerns, anything you guys want to say to us. Make sure you just tweet it at us. Um, all five star reviews are getting read on the podcast. Shout out to Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other Hoopball podcast. You can find them at on Twitter at High Kona Coffee. That's Kona with a K. And you can search them up on Amazon if you want to try any of their amazing products. Boom. So with that being said, we do actually have two reviews today. This makes review number 26 and 27. Our two reviews are coming from Aviotics and Joey Montana with three A's. We'll start with Aviotics. He said, or she, favorite basketball podcast. I love the energy that Najee and Hunter have. It is rare to find a duo with such great chemistry and knowledge like these two. This is my favorite podcast right now. Thank you, Aviotics. Um, we try to have as much energy as possible. I mean, we've known each other for, what, like six years? Seven years? Yeah, about seven years, so if we didn't have chemistry, that'd be uh, pretty sad. So there we go. Joey Montana says, amazing podcast. These guys know their stuff and do a great job of engaging their audience. This is a must listen with two exclamation points. Thank you again. Um, 
I, we, we don't want to brag, but we do think we do a pretty good job. But like we said, we're still improving, still getting better each and every time. So make sure you guys continue to leave these reviews so we know what you guys want us to improve on and what you guys already think we're pretty good at. So, yeah. Now, we're going to get into the meat of the episode. So the Nets, they did conclude their NBA draft just like every other team in the league. And uh, they ended up, they started the night with the 27th and 31st and the 27th and 31st pick after trading the 17th in the Allen Crabb deal. They ended the night with the 31st and 56th pick because they traded 27 to the Clippers for a 2020 lottery protected first round pick. And pick 56. Trading out of the first round gives you millions in cap space, specifically 2 million in this case. And the Nets didn't really need anyone at 27 that they couldn't get at 31. Should have took Bowl Bowl. So getting the 2 million, so now they can sign a max. And the pick they got was somebody that definitely filled a position of need because there's not. A lot of need the Nets have other than star power and the position they took back up big man right now. Exactly. So, yes, like Hunter said, trading away the, the pick actually did more than just get them. Well, I don't want to say that the lottery protected Clippers pick isn't anything because it's very likely if the Clippers strike out in free agency, they're in the lottery so they keep the pick. But let's say they get a Jimmy Butler or someone or Kawhi Leonard maybe. That the, the pick very well could go to the Nets next year, and they could use that as an asset to trade for next year. And also, like Hunter said, they cleared up the two mil, and that got them closer to uh, signing another max free agent alongside presumably Kyrie Irving. And so, yeah, let's talk about who they drafted. Uh, with the 31st pick, the Nets selected Nicholas Claxton out of Georgia. Um, it was a much-needed pick due to the fact that they only have one big on their roster, which honestly shocked me. I didn't believe it when I first realized that. I was like, no shot. But they do only have Jared Allen because Damari Carroll, he's not even a big man, but he's a free agent. They don't plan on bringing back Ronda Hallis Jefferson, who they played at the four. Or Ed Davis. Exactly. So Jared Allen really is their only big man. And Claxton is similar to Allen in that right now he's mostly a traditional big man he can shoot but is very very slight and inconsistent he has more of a mid-range game now so he can stretch the floor more than Allen but his defensive abilities are strong he's very athletic good wingspan he if he works on his three-point shot and develops it over the years he could wind up overtaking the position see that that's what I with their other pick, if you, it's Jalen Hands, we'll get into him more later. I think Hands is going to be more of a project. Nick Claxton is still only 20, so he'll be a project too, but I think he's actually going to get legitimate playing time on the team next year. He's 6'11", 220 pounds, 7 foot, 2 inch wingspan, and uh, yeah, he's still only 20. Averaged 13 points, 8.6 rebounds, 1.8 steals, and 2.5 blocks on 46% shooting. In his sophomore year, he finished the season all SEC second team, and he led the SEC in blocks. So... What stood out to me when I was... See, I really didn't know much about Nick Claxton, so when the next drafted him, I had to look up highlights and everything like that. What stood out to me personally is that he's more of a perimeter defender than Jared Allen, and I feel like the Nets got a big man who still prioritizes defense, but in a different way than Jared Allen, because I feel like Jared Allen is more of a low-post rim protector, and Nicholas Claxton... Claxton can switch switch on to guards. Jesus, I can't talk. Can switch on to guards if need be. That's obviously not going to be his primary use on the on the Nets. But let's say Jared Allen was to get switched on to a guard, he'll get fried. 
Claxton is just versatile. He's fast, athletic, and he's not as as big as Jared Allen in terms of of weight and how he that's why his finishing may lack to start although he is a good finisher Jared Allen is just stronger for the moment things can change but Claxton he has a different skill set than Allen he he can catch the ball better he's more athletic more versatile on defense can stretch the floor more but he's not quite the rim protector and rebounder yet that Allen is. Yeah, I feel like the Nets drafted a big man that makes up for Jared Allen's weaknesses. His strengths are Jared Allen's weaknesses, so they can interchange the two based on their matchups if need be. So yeah, uh, like Hunter said, he did only shoot 28.1% from behind the arc, but hopefully with some NBA training, a shooting coach, a couple seasons of actual NBA mentorship, he'll be able to uh, shoot the ball at a pretty high percentage, at least 30 so, if I was grading the pick, I personally would give it... See, I don't want to give them an A, but I kind of would give... Uh, let's go B plus. I'd give them a B plus because they filled a need in getting a big man. He has the the potential to be a stretch big, and he makes up for Jared Allen's weaknesses, so I'm going to go B plus. Yes, I'll also say B plus personally because I believe he was the second best center that was on the board at the time of their pick. That... Claxton rose a lot in the in the draft over the past few weeks as the combine hit. He had an amazing combine, scrimmages, everything went well, and he rose to a late first rounder, wound up being first pick of the second round. But I still think he was the second best big man available because everyone knows Bol Bol slipped to 44. So we might as well talk about Bol Bol a little I, do I think the Nets should have drafted him? I honestly think he would have addressed more of a stretch of big need than Nicholas Claxton. But apparently his medicals were horrible at the draft, so I understand why the Nets and most other teams didn't want to take the chance on him. But I think the Heat messed up trading him because I don't get what they got back for Bol Bol. I think they yeah. would have got more potential out of Bol Bol than they did out of whatever they got back. I believe any team that was a playoff team last season had there was no reason that they shouldn't have taken him in the second round you're already a playoff team and you potentially get a top five talent what do you really have to lose and bowl bowl uh, for, for the nuggets that's a steal they already have michael porter jr who they just probably nursed back to at least 90 to 100 percent and now they're gonna do the same thing with bowl bowl and they have a incredible young core jamal murray gary harris malik beasley Michael Porter Jr. and Bol Bol. I'm probably forgetting somebody, but those I know for sure. An incredible young core. Did you say Nikola Jokic? Nikola Jokic. Bow. How did I even get him? He's an all-star. But yeah, the, the, the league definitely messed up by letting the Nuggets get a hold of Bol Bol. But on to the Nets. Next pick, they selected Jalen Hands with the 56th pick in the draft. Personally, I am a big... So this goes back to like three or four years ago. I've been a fan of Jalen Hands for a long time. Back when he was in high school, we, me and... It was Colin Sexton, Trayvon Duvall, and Jalen Hands. Yes. Me personally, I said Jalen Hands was going to be the best out of the three. Hey, he still might be, all I'm saying. But right, I had Jalen Hands as the worst of the three. <laughs> and then our friend had Trayvon Duvall, who's actually garbage. And uh, now Colin Sexton is the starting point guard for the Cavaliers. So I guess that Colin Sexton is the best one. But personally, for me, I like Jalen Hands. I don't know what it is about him. I like his attitude. I like his swag. I just like how he plays the game. 
But it was also a shock for Hunter and I because obviously we were watching the draft together. Uh, we thought they would take Shamori Ponds. If you guys don't know who Shamori Pond is, he went to St. John's University. We currently go to St. John's University. So it, it, it was, and he's from New York. So we thought it was a great pick for them to take a homegrown guard who has to come, just like they took, just how they, they nourish Isaiah Whitehead. I feel like it would have been the same thing for Shamori. And also, like, Justin Wright Foreman out of Hofstra, who's also homegrown, went three picks before the Nets. So you would think that would wake them up, be like, hey, this one Queens kid gets picked. Now let's pick let's pick Shamori Pons. And they're also, likely letting D walk. Shamori's a left handed scoring guard, although he's not nearly as good yet. I think he Shemori's, does have potential to be a good bench scorer in the NBA. I honestly think he's a better player than Jalen Hands. He is. If we're being honest, I think he is a better player he than Jalen. He is Jaylen an Hands. explosive scorer. He he can get buckets. If none of you have ever looked at Shamori Pons, then you're missing out because that kid is sick. He gets buckets. The only thing in in his scoring arsenal that really needs to get improved, in my opinion, is his consistency in shooting. He he shot a low percentage from three every season at St. John's, but there were some shots that he hit from like a good eight feet behind the three-point line. But So his range extended very far, but... He he just wasn't consistent with it. If he gets consistency in the NBA, he will definitely have a bench spot. So yes, Jalen Hands, back to him. He is twenty years old, six three, hundred and eighty pound guard. What is wrong with me? Six three, hundred and eighty pound guard out of UCLA. And uh UCLA pretty usually has a pretty good track record with guards. Lonzo Ball went there, Russell Westbrook, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Darren Collinson all went there. If you want to say Aaron Holiday, he also went there. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, Jalen Hands can follow in that same mold. Uh, he's extremely athletic, averaged 14.2 points, 6.1 assists, which led the Pac-12, 3.7 rebounds, and 1.3 steals on 41.3% shooting, while also shooting 73. Oh, no, 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 he did not shoot 73. He shot 37.3% <laughs> from behind the line. He was tasked with playing more of the point guard in his sophomore season, which his, which obviously led to his assists rising from 26 to the 6.1 he averaged this season, but his turnovers also rose from 1.8 to 3.2. His assist-to-turnover ratio was only 1.9, which obviously isn't great for point guards, and that's where I get to his, his weakness. He's not the best decision-maker, and I feel like, personally, he sometimes goes too fast with the ball and forces the issue instead of letting the game come to him. Similar to what Russell Westbrook does at times, he, he, he doesn't do it as much now, being that... Paul George is on his team, and he's getting older. Oh, he still does it a lot, though. Yeah, but, and he's getting older, but Westbrook will just go head down off a rebound straight into the paint and try and draw a foul. Sometimes he'll hit the – he'll hit just backboard on the left. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible shot. But that – and Draymond Green does it a lot. It's something that players will grab boards and just go straight head down full speed. And he has a tendency to do that. And then he'll be too far into it by the time he commits to passing or shooting. So, yeah, we, we both feel like Jalen is more of a project than Nick Claxton. And he, he might get some time at the end of the season if the Nets are going to make the playoffs. He might get some time. But other than that, we think he's going to spend the majority of this next season in the G League and, uh, yeah, if I had to grade the pick, I'd probably give it a B. I think there were better options on the board, such, such as Shamori Ponds. But 
uh, it, it fits and it doesn't fit a need for the Nets, but I can see why they drafted him. So I'm going to give them a B. I'm not the biggest Jalen Hands fan. He he's all right. He'll be a G League star, touchdown, <laughs> summer league star every now and then. I give it a C. That there was definitely better players on the board that went undrafted or that could have been picked at 56 that I would have taken over him, but no one really that would have changed the franchise. So that's why they get a C. If we have to go overall draft grade for me. Drum roll, please. I'm going to go with a B, B, a B. I mean, the average of B and B plus is B, so I'm going to go with B because I feel like the Nets filled the need in Nicholas Claxton and we got a high upside guy in Nicholas Claxton, but also got Jalen Hands, who could be a backup point guard in the future if they were to get depleted at the guard position. So, yeah, I feel like they looked towards the future in both picks, and that's a pretty good job. I give them an A minus only because of the clearing of cap space by getting out of the first round and trading the 17th pick with Alan Crabb's contract. That all goes along with their overall draft. And they get Claxton in hands along with their ability to unload that contract, clear cap space, and have two max slots now. Well, uh, thanks for making me look like an idiot because I completely forgot about that. So I'm going to have to uh, change my draft grade from B to, uh, cool. what'd you say, A-? minus. Yeah. Going with A- minus because <laughs> they uh, cleared the cap space to two mil, which will go a long way towards signing another free agent. And, uh, yeah, if, if we're not talking about picks, then B, if we're uh, adding the picks and the cap space that they got rid of and acquired, then I'm going A-. minus. Woo, now it's time to get to the meat of the podcast the reason that the Nets are in the news as of late is not because of the draft. It is not because of Nicholas Claxton. It is because of free agency. And that's why every team is really in the news. <laughs> exactly, with the exception of the Pelicans and Zion. Uh, so recently, the most the, the the most recent news. Recently, the most recent re- the most recent news that has come out about. Uh, the Nets has been the Timberwolves attempted to sign and trade Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell. The Nets obviously declined because Andrew Wiggins is a bust. And I, I don't I don't think Andrew Wiggins is a good NBA player. I'm sorry. And he's definitely not good enough to sign and trade with D'Lo. So I, I do agree with that. I still will not categorize him, him as, as a, a bust. bust. Oh, my God. Anyone who averaged 20 points a game. He is, is bad. He's bad. He's worse than the number one pick. Yes, but he's, he's a, a bust. bust. He did not live up to his potential, a.k.a. bust. A bust is Greg Oden. Oh a bust God. is Kwame Brown, They're Anthony all Bennett, They're all Adam bust. Morrison, They're all Darko Milicic, they are all bust. Andrea Bargnani, <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Wiggins. Bogan. No, Andrew Wiggins. No, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins Bogan is an NBA champion. And he, <laughs> That's and, all and I'm what, saying. And what? So Andrew is James Bogan Jones. Is NBA so champion. is James Jones. What does that really mean? Andrew Wiggins is just bad. What does that mean? So is Jeremy Lin. Hey, Jeremy Lin is nice. Yeah, right. Jeremy yeah. Lin or Andrew Wiggins, who's better? Three, two, one. Andrew Jeremy Wiggins. Lin. You're, You're crazy. wild. You're Jeremy crazy. Lin is better. You're crazy. But yes, the Timberwolves were out of their ever-loving minds if they thought that the Nets would uh, trade D'Lo for Andrew Wiggins. 
All signs are pointing to Kyrie Irving coming and D'Angelo Russell departing from the Nets. It's even been reported that Kyrie is recruiting players for Brooklyn, and it's obviously been the worst kept secret of the free agency period that Kyrie's most likely 90% going to sign with the Brooklyn Nets. It seems like everything involving Kyrie is a bad kept secret. Everything always comes out for someone who's supposed to be so quiet and chill. I'm, As you know, I'm a Celtics fan. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty happy he's going. Nah. I, I was like, I was sad Horford's going, but I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty happy that Kyrie is going. I feel like that's a, a consistent flaw. That, that's that, that's a consistent mindset in the fans of both the Cavs when Kyrie left and the Celtics now, which has to say something about Kyrie because when he left the Cavs, uh, Cavs fans were kind of like, okay, like I'm ready to rebuild, no big deal. Kyrie's cool, we love him, but I'm not that mad that he's leaving. And now Celtics fans are like, hey, uh, see you on the flip, buddy. Be- so what does that say about him? Obviously, he's not the best locker room presence or the best leader that a team can have. I personally believe that getting rid of D'Angelo Russell for Kyrie Irving is going to be the first step that is in the wrong direction for Sean Marks. He's going to go from heading toward an NBA championship to heading right back down to the middle of the East consistently. I don't understand. So the Nets have have done everything that they possibly can since the Boston Celtics trade to build this culture, a culture surrounding family and a culture surrounding Fun, togetherness. Enjoyment of the game. And now they're bringing in one of the weirdest players in the NBA. <laughs> and not only that. That it, doesn't mess with their young players. It, exactly. If you're going to build this culture and be so... So, so, and make this culture such an important part of your team dynamic, then why would you throw it away the first chance you get? Especially, and I personally feel bad for D'Lo. Obviously, if you guys have been listening, you know he's my favorite player. But no bias in this. (laughs) I feel like he's honestly gotten the short end of the stick both places he went. Lakers, they traded him away for a pack of garbage. And and basically gave up on him. He comes to the Nets, gets injured that first season. He starts out this season, okay, Karis LeVert goes down, D'Lo becomes an all-star, integrates himself perfectly into the Nets culture, becomes the leader of that Nets locker room outside of Jared Dudley and people like that. D'Lo was the leader of that team. And then, after giving his all to the Nets, they just throw him away like he was nothing for Kyrie Irving, the new shiny toy. Like, I feel as though D'Lo didn't get, didn't get, he got done dirty by the Nets. I don't get the point of getting rid of him and not just signing Tobias or Jimmy Butler or anybody that goes along with him, Julius Randle even. They'd be so much better or equipped. Or KD. Yeah, they'd be so much better equipped with that than Kyrie and KD who will be hurt for a year, maybe two before he even plays. So all signs are pointing to D'Lo leaving. He currently has a meeting scheduled with the Lakers when free agency opens. And uh, they look like the front runners to sign him. I sound very not excited right now, but I would jump clean off of a building if the Los Angeles Lakers re-signed D'Angelo Russell because obviously he's my favorite player and the Lakers are my favorite team. But for the Nets, I, obvi- I, I obviously don't agree with them ditching D'Lo for Kyrie. So Kevin Durant is also considering the Nets, the Nets, the Knicks, the Nets, the Warriors, and the Clippers. All signs are pointing to him. And Kyrie Irving teaming up in Brooklyn, which would likely be in the finals for a good amount. At least they'd obviously three at least, times at least make two or three finals. 
Three times. Would they win? I don't know. The West is pretty sick right now. But that's obviously a finals appearance for the Nets. But I, I still, is that worth throwing away everything that you've built? Because what was the point of building it then? To get to this point? Like, you, you could have done this without without it, building the culture. It'll be worth it if they win. If they win a championship, it's worth it. It's the same thing that happened with most teams. Like, with the Mavericks, they finally got Dirk his against the Heat. The Celtics finally got Pierce his in 08. It, it's all worth it if those those teams build to get that one championship in that that period but at some point it has to be too much because now reports are coming out that the nets are even trying to sign deandre jordan just because he's cool with kd so that would lure him into the nets so you're gonna have deandre jordan jared allen and nick claxton that all do the exact same thing what what is the point they're literally just going all out for kd and kyrie and i mean if you have a team of kd kyrie karis avert spencer dinwiddie and joe harris and Jared Allen, Nick Claxton, and DeAndre Jordan. I'm not going to lie. That's probably winning the chip. But still, like, like there. What, what's next? What's after that? D'Lo is only 23. Kyrie is, what, 27? In three years, he'll be 30, 31, 32 after that. KD's already, what, 29, 30? Yeah, 29. The, the, the Nets are a young team. They're, they're not a team that, that's, that should just throw it all away for a chance at winning a chip. You saw what happened with the Warriors. I mean, I get it. I do understand that the purpose of basketball and the purpose of playing in the NBA and having a team in the NBA is to win a championship. And I would be foolish to say that getting Kyrie and KD doesn't increase their chances at doing so. But I also feel like there's a level of integrity you need to have and maintain the culture of your team along the way. Because what's the point of building a culture if you're not going to stick through it? With the Nets free agency out of the way... Hunter and I have prepared a list of, I don't know, like 23, some random number, 23 free agents. And uh, we're going to just go through, do a little primer about uh, what where we think these free agents are going to land. And some of them will be with the Nets, some of them will not be. But let's start it off with the obvious. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. I think he is going to end up staying with the Toronto Raptors. On a short-term deal. A one-plus-one so he can reach the 10-plus-year veteran uh, point in the league and get 35% of the max. And also, it makes sense. The Raptors are getting older. He's going to stay on a short-term deal. Just makes Run it back. On to Kevin Durant. I have absolutely no clue, but if I had to choose one, I would honestly say he goes to the Nets. To go, to be completely honest, I say the Nets end up with KD missing a year and then coming back. I also agree KD will be on the Nets. But uh, if not the Nets, I believe he'll just say it is what it is and take that five-year Supermax with the Warriors and get 50 mil in the last year of his deal. But it, it depends if he wants money or fun that's really what it is on to Kyrie this is whoop de doo I think he's going to the Nets Celtics yeah he's coming back definitely not I think he's going to the Nets on to Kemba this is where things get hot I think Kemba Walker will be a Boston Celtic will become a Boston Celtic which I think does absolutely nothing for the Celtics puts them in a cycle of mediocrity as they have been for the past couple of years 
But uh, if I had to choose a place for Kemba to land, I would say he ends up as a Celtic come the beginning of next season. Kemba will fill the void left by the departure of Kyrie Irving, and they still have no replacement for Horford. But Grant Williams, Romeo Langford, Tremont Waters, and Carson Edwards will do just fine in making up for all of that. So I'm not too worried about the state of the Celtics, although losing Kyrie, Rozier, Horford, and Morris is a lot to deal with. Now we have Clay Thompson. It's Warriors. the it's the year of the case. Kai Kai I was gonna say Kawhi <laughs> Kawhi KD Kyrie Kemba Clay Chris Dabs Chris. But I and I say that Clay Thompson ends up staying with his splash brother and uh staying in Golden yeah, State. Yeah, they're gonna lock him up forever, Steph up forever. Those two are never leaving the Warriors. It is what it is. On to Chris Dabs Porzingis. He's getting the max from the Mavs. They're matching whatever he gets regardless. He's staying with the Mavericks. Yeah, he's going to sign a super max with the Mavericks, which I think uh, will be stupid on their part, but hey, we'll see. Do you believe the Rockets will clear up getting to the next name? All of these players to get Jimmy Butler. I mean, I feel like it's definitely possible they want to trade them for picks and everything, but uh, them by them, I mean P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, and Clint Capella. Uh, Clint Capella is obviously going to have a market P.J. Tucker, he's shown that he can contribute to a championship-caliber team. And Eric Gordon is honestly nice. He's actually a good yes. NBA player. He so. is a 3-and-D star at the wing when he's healthy, but uh, he's not healthy a lot. So <laughs> I think they'll end up doing it. Do I think, even if the, the Sixers sign and trade them Jimmy Butler, I don't think the Rockets, that, that's going to move the pendulum for the Rockets. I don't, I don't think that Jimmy Butler, Chris Paul, and James Harden will be able to get along very well. Uh, I believe that would be a disaster in my opinion, but and they'll have no big man. Their starting center will be Nene, and that will not work. <laughs> but if we had to pick a place for Jimmy to go, barring the sign and trade, I'm gonna say he goes to the. Uh, let's think about this. Let's think about this. I'm gonna say he goes to the Clippers. I say he stays in Philadelphia. Yes, I say he goes to the Clippers. Uh, On to Tobias Harris, another 76er. I say he stays in Philadelphia because no one's really been talking about him. And I feel like the Sixers are just going to nab him up. He's going to be one of those deals that Wolves just tweets out July 1st. Quick, quick. Tobias Harris has signed a five-year Supermax with the Philadelphia 76ers. I am taking a shot in the dark and saying that Tobias Harris ends up replacing Harrison Barnes' position with the Sacramento Kings, who now have a max slot. Up-and-coming De'Aaron Fox, buddy healed Marvin Bagley, and they have a hole at a big man position. Bagley can slide to the five or play the four. Tobias can play the three or four. I believe he will bring them to the playoffs and have some fun in Sacramento. That's not a bad landing spot for, for Tobias. I could see him in Sacramento. Chris Middleton, I think that there's no chance he goes anywhere but the Bucks. Uh a lot of people don't aren't talking about the fact that he's also eligible for the same max as Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie and Kemba. Do I think the Bucks give him that? No. I'm not sure. He, he, if he gets a max that will ruin their future, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but I don't think he is at the caliber that should be getting $50 million in the last year of his deal. I, I, I feel like they might give it to him. I feel like uh, they might give know. it to him. But I, regardless, I think he stays a Milwaukee Buck. Nikola Vucevic... I have no clue, but I'm going to say that he takes the Supermax, takes the money, and signs with the Magic again. 
if the Celtics strike out on Kemba, I think it's very possible they land Vucevic. But if not, I do also agree that he would go back to Magic. Now we have uh, the man himself, the man of the hour, D'Angelo Russell. I'm going to say he signs with the Lakers, to be completely honest. I, I just don't... I don't see the Nets bringing him back. The Suns don't have much cap space. The Timberwolves have to jump through thousands of loops just to get enough cap space to offer him. The Knicks, maybe, but why would he want to go to the trash Knicks when he could come to the Lakers and maybe win a chip? I personally believe with 10 more million a year annually, about, I believe he will take a deal with the Indiana Pacers, and if the Nets do not match, he will be on the Pacers. See, that's the only other place that I think has a shot of signing him because they're not too bad. They will probably offer him a max, and he'll get to play and with they Victor will, Oladipo. They will pitch him the the him and Victor Oladipo backcourt. Then they have a young Warren at the three. They have Sabonis, Goga, and Miles in the front court. Their team is not bad. But D'Angelo Russell does he want to play with Victor Oladipo, or does he want to play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and live in Los Angeles? Who knows? What, what people? I mean, it seems like a pretty good uh, undercut answer. is how. Little people actually want to play with LeBron James. I think you're undercutting how much people want to no, play in Los Angeles. It's L.A., yes. Who but wants to live in Indiana? Who wants to be a pacer? Who wants to make $50 million a year? Like, I mean, hey, who wants to make $20 million a year and win a chip? I say, and live in L.A.? I say, He's young in his career. Let him make the money now and a ring chase later if it comes to it. Hey, in three years, when LeBron is done moving out the door, D'Angelo Russell will be the king of L.A. So that's all I'm saying. Just think about this. D'Lo, if you ever happen to hear this podcast, which I 99% doubt you will ever do, just come to the Lakers or stay with the Nets. Do not go anywhere else but the Lakers or the Nets. Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I personally believe one team will throw him a ridiculous offer sheet. Specifically, the Phoenix Suns, I believe, will give him about $25 million a year in an offer sheet. And if not them, maybe the Timberwolves or the Celtics. And one of those teams will offer him a big offer sheet, make the Bucks have to match if they want him. And if the Bucks do, they are screwed for the future. Apparently, the Bucks are going to match whatever offer sheet he gets as long as it's not his max as because because if they match something that's about 25 million and then brogdon gets a huge contract they are so deep in the luxury tax that will mess them up for a long time i agree but i'm gonna say uh brogdon ends up with the bucks on the fact that i don't think he gets his max offer um now we have demarcus cousins Oh, boogie, boogie, New York boogie. Knicks. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Yeah, I think he goes to the Knicks, honestly, because they're so trash, and if he gets... <laughs> the Knicks are so awful, terrible, and they're going to take anything they can get, and, and he, he knows needs. that he is so awful, terrible, that they will they will welcome him. <laughs> I love how awful, terrible is just one word. Yep. <laughs> He's just so awful, terrible, and I feel like that's the team that he could go to to take as many shots as he and wants. And redeem himself and, if he and actually becomes good. Exactly. So uh, now we're on to Al Horford. I think he goes to the Sacramento Kings. I Boom. believe he goes to the L.A. Clippers. Because Willie Cauley-Stein wants out, and the Kings need a big man to put a belong- alongside Marvin Bagley. I say they get Al Horford. I believe he goes to Clippers. He will be able to mentor Montrez Harrell, play the 4-5. Next to either Gallinari or Harrell, whoever is in the lineup at that time. 
and they would he would push them into the playoffs for sure. Right now they're a border playoff team in the West. I believe he would make them a six fifth seed type of team. On to Julius Randle, who I think is a wild card, but if I had to choose a team, I would say the Pacers. I say Julius Randle goes to the Pacers to play alongside Miles Turner. I believe he could also go to the Pacers if D'Lo doesn't get an absolute max and signs with the Pacers. Then you could see Russell and Randle both ending up in Indiana. Yeah, alrighty there. I think Terry Rozier... Uh, I have put absolutely no thought into this one. So this The one... Celtics will not extend him the qualifying offer likely. He will probably rem- go unrestricted and sign with the New York Knicks, who will strike out on every other point guard starting Terry Rozier next season. Yeah, that is what I was going to say. I'm going to say, since they have two max slots and no one's going to want to sign with them, as Andre Iguodala said, no one's going to the sorry Knicks. I want to say that uh, they end up signing Terry Rozier and DeMarcus Cousins and uh, banking it all on those two. And uh, Dennis Smith will have to come (laughs) off the bench because Terry Rozier will be the starter on that team. When it comes to Brooke Lopez, I think that he did a lot this season to garner more praise and attention. And he will not be on the Bucks next season as far as I'm concerned. No shot. I want to say... I want to say he signs to a team like the Lakers, but they're not gonna. He's not gonna sign a vet men, so I'm gonna say he goes to the the New Orleans Pelicans, who now have a max slot. And I do believe that he'll get about 15 mil a year for two years, taking up or maybe 10, 10 to 15 mil a year, something like that, for two years, and it will get him to mentor Jackson Hayes. He'll be next to Zion. They're a young team, and him and Drew Holiday will take the leadership duties. Now moving on to DeAndre Jordan. I think the Nets plan works out, and he signs with the Nets and takes a reduced role and a reduced contract, which lures KD and uh, gives the Nets uh, some not needed at all death that big man. Yeah, I really don't know what he does for the Nets, but... uh... If he goes there, he'll probably wind up coming off the bench. Claxton will be a backup four or five stretch type of player, and his role will get reduced. And then if he doesn't go there, maybe the Hawks. That's really the only other place that needs a center that I could see him going. Now moving on to Patrick Beverly. I say Patrick Beverly goes to the Lakers. I honestly believe so because with my prediction of D'Lo going to the Lakers, they'll probably still have about 10 mil to offer or like 8 or 9 mil to offer. Patrick Beverly, I say he takes it, gets himself a ring, be, is that bulldog that the Lakers need and ends up in Los Angeles again on a different team. Uh, I think Patrick Beverly will probably also go to the Lakers. No other teams really have cap space, so there there are some that have cap space, but he just won't fit with them. The Lakers have no roster right now, so they need to fill out the roster in any way they can. On to Kelly Oubre, who reportedly has significant offers from around the league toward somewhere in the range of 80 mil. Which I doubt that the the Suns will match. I believe Kelly Oubre will be a New Orleans Pelican, embrace the young culture, come off the bench, six man behind Brandon Ingram, get about four years, $80 million. I'm going to agree with Hunter and say that I also believe that Kelly Oubre will go to the Pelicans because I feel like they have an incredible young core and adding him to it makes it even more scary. Or is it even scarier? There you go. Uh, The Morris Twins... 
I don't think they're a package deal. Uh, I do believe Marcus ends up with the Knicks because they have two maxes. Rozier, Marcus, and Demarcus can fill up a good part of that chunk, but uh, it's not going to do much for them. But yeah. I do believe Marcus Morris will also be a New York Knick. Um, and one last bonus we have is our guy. Ed Davis. I don't know where he ends up, but I feel like if the Nets do happen to get KD and Kyrie, he might take a reduced contract to go for a chip with the Nets, honestly, because I feel like they treated him pretty good this season and he liked his time in New York, so I'm going to say he stays with the Nets. I say he goes to the Lakers. Ooh, I would not be mad. I say he will be on the Lakers on a one year, four point six million dollar <laughs> mid level except the the room exception. But yes, that is all for this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed. Free agency is coming up. It's gonna be nonstop notifications to your phone. Make sure you're following Shams, Woj, Mark Stein, anyone you possibly can be following. Pooch. Make sure you're following everybody. Cause it's gonna get crazy. And uh, yeah, we'll probably. We'll, we'll get back to y'all after free agency so we can recap everything. We might be looking at a very different Nets roster the next time y'all talk to us. We might be looking at Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the same team, which is our Brooklyn Nets, the next time you hear my voice and Hunter's voice. So, uh, yeah, keep that in mind. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Nets. Tweet us any questions. We'll be reacting to the Nets signings just like you will. So tweet us your excitement. Tweet us your disappointment. Tweet us anything you can. Follow us on or subscribe to us on iTunes. You can look up Brooklyn Nets, Hootball Nets. Either way, we come up. Just press that little purple subscribe button. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. And yet again, make sure you follow Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company on Twitter for sponsoring this podcast and every other Hootball podcast. You can find them at High Kona Coffee. That's Kona with a K. And make sure you look up their Amazon their Amazon products because they're all actually amazing. With that being said, that'll do it for this episode, guys. We'll see you all next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.